Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Superman Super Show, episode 38, The Amnesiac Robbers. Howdy. Welcome to the Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name is Ed. And a thousand miles over there to my left is another host, Mr. Stephen Orr. How do? He says salute if you're not watching. He had a cup and he held it up. <laughs> but they were over $4 at the store today. Yeah, see? Okay. So Okay, so Doug, first of all, Doug is not in the egg industry. So that, that's good to know because he was majorly insulted just now. So, Right. For y'all and, listening and is, to the audio, we had been discussing before we started recording the, the price of <sighs> eggs in the country. And Doug is one of our listeners who join us live and he's commenting that yeah they're just as expensive wherever he is so good or not good that they're expensive good that yeah right i I didn't insult you unknowingly (laughs) i have done stuff like that before because i i don't know enough about my audience and so i have to turn around and choke down that foot that i place in my mouth so yeah you know and and the thing is is that you can say pretty much any you're gonna piss somebody off you know regardless of what you say I remember back in the day, back during the, you know, 2006, 2007 era of podcasting, I used to make jokes on the show back then that, uh, you know, my, 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 my tiny audience, you know, nobody's listening. I would say stuff like that as a joke. And I got an email that somebody was like really pissed off about that because they felt like I was, um, denigrating the fact that you know it's like hello i'm listening so you know yeah Yeah. um terry and i were just talking about we were talking about the state of actually we were it started by talking about will smith standing up for his wife and slapping a man that he thought had he felt had insulted her then we got to talking about comedy and we got to talking about comedy under the current uh political pressures that comedians have and i threw out there can you imagine what folks today would think about don rickles oh my god thank you yes i love don rickles though oh his humor was pointedly insulting people that's what his humor was was. he he was an insult comic he was the king of the insult comic yes and in fact um I listened to the to the Conan O'Brien Conan Needs a Friend podcast, and uh, <clears throat> he had what is that guy's name? Pete Pete Ross is that? There's a <clears throat> a more modern day comedian who has pretty much okay, taken yeah. that mantle from Don Rickles. Ooh, that now that Don Rickles is, has passed rough. on, okay. and uh, he uh, they they had a long conversation about Don Rickles, and it was just it was just great. How, uh, you know, he's just was just the sweetest man in the world, but how he right. would just boom, 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 boom. You know, it's like this this other guy. I, I don't remember his name. I, I want to say it's Pete Ross. But isn't that the the dude that lived in Smallville with with. Uh, uh, yes, I think it was. Clark? Yeah. Um, one of the, one of but, his 
friends. Yeah. <laughs> if there was, you know, a Comedy Central roast, this guy was there. He was like front and center. And okay. he talked about how he would always have to, he'd spend days and weeks and hours, you know, coming up with, with, with the, the, the insults and all that stuff and honing his craft. Whereas he said, Don Rickles would just get up there and just be like, pop it out. You know, <laughs> it's just, just nothing. He didn't, it he just didn't, came yeah. yeah. He was a, yeah, he was, he, he was, was a true special. master. Yeah he, yeah, he really was. And fortunately, he came around then because now he would not be able to practice that that form of comedy. Yeah. It, it would not yeah. work. And he apparently was him and uh, Bob Newhart, best friends, the best of really? friends. Really? Okay. Yeah. Another another very, very good comedian for his style of comedy, the deadpan, yes, I, observational oh, kind of, yeah. The, 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 the stuttering thing that he, you know, it's just the uncomfortable stuttering that, uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I adore Bob Newhart. I mean, I really wish that because they have the Bob Newhart show on, um, I think, Hulu. And I, n- okay. I never really watched that. It's kind of before my time. But Newhart. Right. I love that show. And it's, yes. you can't find it. Can't find it anywhere. It, yeah, it, it doesn't seem to be on. I don't, I don't know if there's a, a rights issue with it or, or something. No, because like it, it, it was at one point like years ago. It was on Netflix. I remember that being like. Hmm. When we first got Netflix streaming, it's like, oh, new hearts here. And I, I right. would watch it. And, but yep. then it went away and it's never come back. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I think, I think I'm bantered out. How about you? Yeah. Uh, I don't have a, a podcast to talk about today. Um, I will say that uh, for the very first time, I listened to an episode of Rob Servations. Okay, uh, a, a never, recent episode. Yeah, it was it was his first episode of the year. He's apparently starting a new series okay. of episodes called uh, um, "What Are They?" Ri- comic book rivals or something rivals, like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. This this episode was all about John Byrne and John Byrne versus Todd McFarlane, but right. it was mostly Rob Liefeld pointing out all the times throughout the years, how angry that John Byrne is at anybody associated with image comics. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to check out another one. I don't, I, I haven't quite decided how I feel about the show yet. He is to a certain extent, listening to him is kind of like listening to myself because he just rambles and rambles and repeats himself a lot and talks really fast. And he just, he just and he's just all over the place. And, even though I do that, I find it annoying when I hear other people do it. So uh, I think I, his more interesting podcasts are, funnily enough, when he talks about himself, things right. that and he, he did, places that he went and things like that. Not when he talks about his opinion about things. Yeah. His opinion about things pisses me off. <laughs> Talking about what Rob has done and and not boastingly, which he also does, his part oh, yeah. in the comic book world. Yeah. Those things interest me because he truly has yeah. an insider's point of view. Oh, yeah. You know, which I don't yep. I don't need his opinion on other people because I have those and mine are 
correct right. and everyone else's is yep. wrong anyways. That's so, right. you know, it's like, yeah, I, I don't I don't need that. But Rob, you tell me about what it was like to be 12 years old and the best artist yeah. in the world at the time. I yeah. mean, yeah. you know, that that's the kind of stuff. What was it like being in a Levi's commercial or being in a commercial <laughs> with Todd McFarlane on one side and Stan Lee on the other? Yeah, when, yeah. That kind of stuff. What yeah. was it like when you went to your first San Diego Comic-Con? Because that would have been in the yeah. late 80s, you know, yeah. um, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, his his opinion stuff. He he uh, I have listened to his podcast since he started it. And yeah. as time has gone on, I find myself listening to a single episode less and less every time one comes out because I just yep. I can't yep. handle where he's going with it. So well, and that's that that was that was the thing about this episode. It was a lot of um, him reading excerpts from interviews and right. and basically anything that uh he could find that John Byrne had put on paper or said in an interview uh in which he um had something bad to say mainly about Todd McFarlane who apparently John Byrne refers to as the toddler right um yeah. but along with that he was boasting quite a bit there was a lot of really boastful stuff and yes I, there was at one point i got about halfway through it and there was at one point i'm like you know what i'm just i'm gonna skip the rest of this i don't want to <laughs> and for some reason i ended up listening to it he rob liefeld is one of those guys that just you know whenever i see that he's put a book out it's like oh my god i gotta check this out because yes. i was so in love with his stuff when it came out yes and he was i went to one of his panels in a at, at a chicago convention but okay. just before he was talking about his captain america it hadn't hit the shelves yet okay and i had seen preview art and at that point i was kind of falling out of love with him you know and it's like i'm not going to get his captain america but that dude is so passionate when he talks about the stuff that he loves that yep. he convinced me to buy that book and it's not a good book. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but yeah, I've got a real, it's like, I, I, I I'm not a Liefeld defender, but I'm also not one of these people that are just quit. It, whenever I hear somebody quickly throw out a, well, Rob Liefeld doesn't draw feet. I immediately oh, yeah. get angry because that boy draws feet all over the damn place. I don't know where that yep. rumor came from. I know that there are a number of covers that he, does not show their feet. So what? But yeah. But again, I'm well, not an apologist, but I'm not like a huge supporter at the same time. I people people <sighs> trash his art now. Oh, no, oh, yeah. Let me rephrase that. It's the it's a the lot cool of, thing. A lot of younger people now right. trash his art. My yeah, defense they don't understand. for that. Well, my defense for that is simple. Back in the day, somebody bought his shit. Because oh, hell he yeah. sold millions of comic books. So Dude, whether it's good or bad or whatever, somebody bought it. That's that's public record. I mean, there is no questioning that. I, there so. was something about his art at the time when I first came, you know, come, came across it in New Mutants or I think oh, it was yeah, New Mutants the, the first time I read anything New from him. Run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just it was just like, I don't know, it felt. It's it's funny because you look at it now and I, I can still feel that. I can still feel that. Holy crap. This is like something I've never seen before. It's so amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. yet I can also look at it and go, why? I, 
it's you know it's really funny with him but right. yeah it was choices why, really why did he do that yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah because i i yeah just some of the way he draws certain things it's like but yet back then that's what people don't people who weren't there they don't get that they don't no, understand that, that that's the problem it, it's not taken in yeah. context right and it's and it's not like there weren't artists that were doing different things because you had like Senkevich back then and you had oh man um well, you know john byrne you were just talking about yeah but uh well it, but even john byrne he was still more of a classic house style he had his own okay. very identifiable john byrne style but it was yeah, still right. kind Sienkiewicz of a, is a yeah yeah Senkevich though was like boom and then for some reason liefeld was just like i don't know his his art just was filled with so much energy you know it's yes. just like ooh, just like very something you've never seen kinetic, before very frenetic very yeah and something that you don't hear people really talk about too much with rob liefeld is the imagination the the characters that the dude made yeah whether he drew them or not i mean the he was almost Kirby-esque in the volume of characters he yeah. came up with. Whether they were good or bad, I'm sorry. Right. All of Kirby's characters were not good either. Right. I, yeah. You know, let's be honest. But well, and that's, he, he came out with them. He put it together for the first time yeah. and put them on yeah. paper for the first time, good yeah. or bad. And he just did that five or six or seven times a month, every month, yeah. month after you could, month. And and you could fill up a fleet of buses with all the characters he created. And there's a, there's a part of me that's kind of angry about that because it's like, anytime I'm thinking about a story and which, okay, I want to create a superhero. I'll come up with a name and it's like, Nope, it's already taken. Done. Liefeld's taking it. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. Know? yep. Rob did but, that. Yeah. He, he, uh, I, I think I've described his writing style uh, basically as he's, he, he's taking his action figures out and he's, he's playing with them. And that's, that's exactly, he, yeah. whether or not you like his art, whether or not you like his writing, he loves what he's doing. Look, and look at there the are a crap ton of people. Yeah. There are a crap well, ton of people who love his stuff. Doug oh, says uh, in the chat, Doug says, I hear a lot of hate about him too. I'm not a huge fan, but he sold a lot of books and he, he really did. He, he, he sure really, And it's a shame. It's a shame sure that he no longer has uh he doesn't own young Blood Oh, anymore. Yeah, that's terrible. that whole thing just ugh, that just was breaks a, my heart that was for a, him. a terrible, terrible business move. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, because yeah, right he, now he was if he did a young blood book, it would be a freaking oh, hit. Heck yeah, oh, I'd man. be all over it. Yeah, so would I. Well, and you know, this Rob Liefeld had Alan Moore writing books for him. For him. <laughs> oh, come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, think about the other artists that he brought into his yep. side of image that later went on to do other things as well. Yeah. 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 I think the, the, the two things when it comes to the image days, the two things that I think um, that, that make me the most sad is that Liefeld lost the rights to Youngblood and that Todd yeah. McFarlane doesn't really draw anything anymore because... Uh, he's you know, been at the most he'll eat stuff. Universe. Yeah, he he's been uh, drawing a lot. You know, like, has he? Good, 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 yeah, good. Because yeah. uh, I know that yeah, when that, uh, that's Robert a shame to lose that. Yeah, I know that when Robert Kirkman came around, they did a. I, I don't remember the name of the book, 
but he he drew uh god i can't remember the name of it robert robert kirkman basically he had he had come to a convention after after the walking dead blew up he was he as as an audience member he was in a panel that todd mcfarlane and some of the image founders were a part of and when they did a q a robert kirkman raises his hand and he's like uh yeah i just want to know why todd you're not drawing comics anymore and and uh I feel like it was like a, a Jim Valentino or a Mark Silvestri that was telling this story. And I guess afterwards, Todd McFarlane was like, who the frick is this guy to tell me that I should be drawn? They're like, uh, he's the guy that's making an image a lot of money right now with the walking dead. Books. Yeah. And so, the, yeah. yeah, they did a, they he, did a the book together. And I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. They did a book was together for hunt? a little while. And I don't remember what it was. It might've been, it was something like that. It was. Yeah. Kind of a kind of the character is kind of a spawny kind of character, but not quite. Yeah, I think the yeah, haunt, more, yeah, but like a black, uh, a gray white type of ghost almost yeah, spawn yeah. character. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Alrighty, you want to get to our yeah? Let's finish this evening. banter already. All let's right, do this, guys. Today we're looking at the Amnesiac Robbers, which appeared in Action Comics number twenty-five, written for us by Jerry Siegel with art, uh, pencils, and inks by Paul Cassidy. Now, Action Comics 25 has a cover date of June 1940 and an approximate sale date, although I can confirm that it's not approximate because on the Grand Comics database, they say that the date was found in the catalog of copyright entries, part two, da -da -da -da, this whole citation here. So it is April 23rd, 1940, is the actual <coughs> sale, sale cool. date for this issue. Now, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, which is where we got the approximate sale date, this is the synopsis that we found there. Several bank messengers have developed amnesia while delivering funds. No trace of the money is found, and the messengers remember nothing. Clark Kent writes an article on the robberies, which draws public pressure on the police. Clark then learns about a renowned hypnotist, Medini, from Lois Lane. Lois goes to visit Medini, followed by Superman. Interesting reason why Lois went also. She wants to learn, oh, sorry, Superman's secret identity from Medini. The crook hypnotizes Lois while Superman sneaks in and takes care of Medini's assistants, or assistant, who's faking a supernatural voice. Worried that Lois, as a reporter, will expose him, Medini tries to blank Lois's memory. Superman bursts into the room and is weakened by Medini's hypnotic power. Medini escapes with Lois and travels aboard a transport plane carrying gold. He hypnotizes the passengers and crew, forcing it to land where the gold can be removed. Then his assistant flies the plane up and bails out, leaving the plane to crash. Superman, having finally overcome Medini's spell, that hypnotism from earlier, arrives to save the plane, rescue Lois, catch the thieves, and recover the gold. So this that that last paragraph was like the last, I don't know, two or three pages of the of the book of, of the story, and that's where the most action happened. That yep. it, that's like the last 
20% of the story. The first yeah. 80% just kind of chugged, you know, da, da, yeah. da. like the, like the roller coaster going up the big incline, you can hear it. Ching, 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 ching. Yeah. Yeah. And then the downside was the last 20% of the story where all this happened and it, the story finally came together. So that uh, of the synopses that we've read, this, this is a pretty good one for uh, being accurate and telling you pretty much everything that happened. Um, yeah, the when uh, if there is a synopsis over at Mike's Amazing World of Comics, I'm going to grab that one over what's on dcfandom.com because his is his are usually better. Yeah, yeah, succinct but long enough to really get into and and tell you not just the bigger things but a, a, a few of the the finer points of the story so it yeah. it fleshes out yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Um I do have a question. There was a scene where Superman wasn't hanging from a ledge, but he was hanging from the but he had a foot on the ledge. So I didn't count that as a hanging because he had his foot on the ledge. So basically he was standing on the ledge and was just holding himself up using his hands on the yeah, on the side sill. Yeah, that's it. So uh, you know, almost uh but not quite. He was kind of I hanging was, on, but not yeah. hanging. But he was listening at the window, so uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's always. He's got super hearing, and he can do it from at least you know several buildings away. But right. that's not what yeah. he does. He always goes yeah. right outside the window. Yeah, I was kind of torn on this story because, okay, on the one hand, uh, I really like the idea that Superman really has kind of come up against somebody that can uh affect him in some way you know the the guy just immediately uh, with his hypnosis and superman's stumbling around and he's dizzy and he's knocking trees over and stuff like that so uh it's like they finally here is a character that can hurt superman if he really wanted to i think if this guy wasn't more interested in just getting the crap out of there he he could have caused some some issues for superman uh, on the on the flip side though I mean, here is like what is this? Our this is like our first person of color in mm-hmm. showing up in these books, and he's he he he's not American, and he's got a turban on, and he's right. shooting hypnosis like a swami, and he's got all these these white guys working for him, but they're also wearing turbans, and I just ah, you know, obviously a product of its times, yes, um, but and I think. Particularly in this case, there certainly was no slight intended in reflecting no. this this particular um, ethnicity that way, right? You know, a lot yeah. of, a lot of people, particularly a lot of white people, um, at this time, that may well have been all they knew about people from, I would assume, yeah. the subcontinent yeah. of India. Uh, so. Yeah, you know, I don't think you, that this was I, I didn't look at this as here is Jerry Siegel um making a person of color look bad because right, he, lesser you know, in yeah, any way. Right. This yeah. was yeah, just more of a uh kind of a you know, kind of a stereotypical white man from the 40s outlook right. toward a, a person of color. And that's you know, it's not great, but it it comes from a place of ignorance. 
not a place of hate, you know? Right. And to, to be honest, all stereotypes are based in reality. You know, they, they typically, now it may be a very specific reflection of a people, but typically the stereotype does accurately reflect something about that people. Hardly ever is it the only thing about that people, of course. But, you know, the, the, the way they dress, the way they act, uh, what they eat, what, all of those are based in fact for a particular reason. Now, the, the reason is never expressed, you know, and, yes. and I think that's I think that's where the stereotype breaks down is this is what is going on and you never learn why. So, yeah, so, yeah, some of it. Yes. Um, over the last few years, you know, I've 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 run across stuff where I've learned that uh, certain stereotypes uh, that were were actually. I don't want to say fabricated, but they were put in place to, you know, by the white man to, to, uh, the one that's springing to mind. And I don't remember what the stereotype was, but I I remember reading a whole article about it and it was, it was basically kind of put out there so that, um, black farmers wouldn't get a lot of business basically. Okay. You know, people would choose the white farmers getting their produce over the black farmers and, and yeah. So a lot of that was happening, especially in uh, with the Native Americans in the Old West, and a lot of crap that 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 would be done there. But yeah, it's we do not have a, I, and I don't know any country that does. We do we don't have a great past when it comes to a lot of that stuff. Oh, and uh, no, no, I I think I remember uh, the one thing I think I'm always going to remember is uh, I think it was I think it was Barack Obama who said yeah. Things are pretty bad by, right now, but they're not as bad as they used to be. And every generation gets a yeah. little bit better. You know, it feels like, you know, yeah, two steps forward, one step back. But that's still one step forward. You know, right. that's I think he said something like that. And I was like, that's that's I like that. And it's it's certainly not meant as a justification for how bad things right. are. Yep. You know, yes. Things could always be worse is a terrible yeah. justification. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's true. But the 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 honest observation that things used to be or things have been worse yeah. in the past, that, that's a whole different thing, you know, because, yeah, because just, that is true. So right. you know, I, yeah, it, I, I every time he, I see stories, particularly about uh the way we treated the Native Americans, I just yeah. I just, or I, I apologize if even Native American is not a, a the first peoples of of North America. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Um, yeah, we we did them some shit. There, there's just no two ways about it. That it just yeah. flat out, you know. Oh yeah. So, and I think when when he said that about the two steps forward, one step back, it it was it was spoken more of a uh, like a like a message of hope for people who might be some you know there were because there were young folk. You know, them right. young folk out there nowadays who are like, oh, what's the point? It's so bad. It's there's right. nothing I can do right. to fix it. And he, he was like, yes, but things are getting better. It's, you know, each generation, it gets a little bit yeah. better. And and we are be our, for your our, kids. And for yeah. The kids. Are we going to see the sweeping yeah. changes in our lifetime? No. But I, I hope that um, my children's children, you know, 
Right. Gets, it gets but better and better and better. The amount of change is sweeping when you look at five and six and seven generations at a time. If, if you take a bigger yeah. snapshot, huge, yeah. huge changes in, oh, yeah. uh, in well, the last just to be honest, years. in the power that the white man has over people. Yeah. You know, that has changed tremendously in the last hundred years. In the last yep. five years, eh, probably not so much. But yeah, yeah so. If if we keep taking hundred year snapshots, which I understand is a very very long time, and there are a lot of things that need to change a lot faster than in a hundred years, for sure. Um, yeah, but but it's happening. It's changing. It's it's getting somewhere. Maybe it's not getting there yet, but it's getting somewhere. So, um, okay. Um, what what else about the story here? Um, there were a couple of moments that stood out to me. Uh, let me see if I can kind of find them real quick. I like, uh, Superman hanging the guys on the, the, the wrought iron fence. fence, That was kind of fun. Um, the dude who tries to beat up Superman with the wrench and they give you, they don't, they don't show you all of it but they really give you the feeling that he just just was wailing on superman with this wrench and superman's just smiling and the guy just basically tires himself out from beating superman with a heavy metal wrench as it says and then the last one he hits him with bounces back and hits him on his chin and knocks him out that was awesome yeah Yeah. now he knocks himself out uh the okay the 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 only other thing that really stood out for me was so superman is under the effects of this hypnosis mm-hmm. and he's you know they they got him walking around in the city and he's running into trees and knocking trees over and stuff and the way he clears his head is to jump super high into the atmosphere and then come back down and that that clears his head he's like all right i feel better <laughs> well it's it's the same as splashing cold water on your face yeah. man to, to yeah. sober up you know he just did it with like cold atmosphere by jumping way up yep. high in the sky yep yep it it made me think of um the first avengers movie with hawkeye who gets who gets his mind control from from loki and then black widow just knocks his head against a railing and boom <laughs> it's it's out of him, you know? him out. yeah yeah yep. that's not now, a good lesson a to question. teach children well, yeah, as far as how to handle it, somebody's yeah. not acting right. Just pound their head in the wall. They'll, yeah. they'll straighten up. <laughs> yep. yep. And and actually, I don't know. I, I won't speak for you, but I probably do know that from experience from where I've tried to do that to somebody and it didn't work. So I, I know that that's not the way it, it, it works. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. On, on the, the panel where he is rescuing the plane. Okay. Mm-hmm. He he catches the plane by the, the tail, which is okay. But we we have to remember, okay, Superman still cannot fly. So he yep. he jumped and he saw the plane falling and he steered himself to the plane. Okay. He grabs a hold of the plane. Okay, I'm I'm there. But Superman is falling just as fast and just as hard as the plane. So how does that save the plane when both of them would have just crashed <laughs> right into the earth? I That's, mean, it, there, there's no, you know, it's, but it's the panel the, shows him landing softly yeah. with, with the, the pizza plane in his yeah. hand, you know, and I'm like, 
it's like the there was an issue that way yeah it doesn't it's like the issue a while back where the guy was falling from the building and superman's on the ground and he catches him in his arms and it's like they're all better and it's it's they even today people still do crap like that you know you fall out of a plane oh there's water below me i'll be fine because it's water yeah if you've ever done a belly flop water is water is is a Water's it not good sometimes. Like it doesn't but yeah, work I, like that. I totally forgot about that. But that was the one thing I just, my I, I, my eyes just did like a super roll when I got yeah, to that part. Yeah, it's like, he literally okay. just, yeah, because he's holding the plane as they land, he's right. somehow able to cushion it from, despite the fact that they're probably falling at like thousands of miles per hour. Exactly. Just the panel before. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah yep. You had said in a previous episode the whole the mathematical formula of yeah. when you're falling how quickly it, it you accelerate and yep but and you know the plane was thousands of feet in the air so well, it it's moving and then so all right so let's just let's just look at that that moment okay so it's a it's an eight panel page mm-hmm. panel one he's he's leaping across the sky and he sees the plane. Panel two, he's he's yeah. he's grabbed the tail, and then panel three, he's on the ground. He's oh yeah, caught him. Panel four, he's he's holding Lois, who's unconscious. Right. Um, the bad guys come around a, a, a bend in the in the hill, right. and they come after him, kill him, shoot him, and then the very next panel, he's throwing the airplane at him. At them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so funny. Just such the dumb. And then, of course, we get this moment, one of those moments right at the very end where Clark's like, uh, he goes, there you are, chief, the answer to your prayers and hands him the article. And which is funny because. All right. So there's a moment. I totally forgot about this, too. There's a moment at the beginning of the story because we got these we have these, uh, you know, like the bank messenger who. Um, didn't deliver the $50,000 to the bank and he can't remember why. Um, <clears throat> the the guy, the the drivers of the armored car who don't remember who they are and all the money's gone. And the mayor and the chief of police, they're having this secret meeting. They don't want it to get out to the, to the media. But of course, Clark, he's outside and he can hear what they're talking about. So he goes, yeah. he goes back to work and he says, uh, here it is, Taylor, the type of yarn you daydream about, a front page sensation. And the editor's re- response to him is, yeah, what kind of tripe are you handing me now? This is the guy that practically every issue ends with that editor going, you did it again, Clark. That's a great article. And yet it you just uh, I- can't win with that guy, apparently. So. It's it's not tripe at the end of every every issue, right, every yeah. story. It's like, oh, here he is with another story that's gonna suck. And then, oh well, that didn't suck. <laughs> you know? Plus, and uh I think was it this they was he, it really he act- a good go ahead. Go ahead, my bad. Well he 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 actually calls George Taylor, he calls him Taylor. And normally he calls him Chief. So right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, was it actually good? that Clark turned in that story. You know, I thought about that as well. Yeah. Um, Cause there's, there, there's an argument to be, there's an argument to be made there. It, 
here, here's a, for those of you who have seen Die Hard 2, think about the, the guy, the reporter from Die Hard 1. He's in the plane. He uncovers all the evidence about the, the terrorists. And the first thing he does is he goes on air to communicate this to everybody because that is the responsibility of the news media to report the news. And yet because of it, it causes a huge panic in the in the airport and people are running over each other and breaking crap and as they're trying to escape. And so, yeah, that I don't you, you, you shouldn't always report. You don't have it, it's. Yeah, it probably wasn't great that he that he wrote that article and put that out there. I, I ran across uh, in uh, contemporary Christian teachings, a woman. Uh, who goes around talking and teaching. And from her, uh, the one quote that I always remember from her is, just because it's permissible doesn't mean it's beneficial. Yep. And I think that's, you know, and uh, all of us here on the outside, you know, we don't have that job. uh, But that, I think, is as important a job of the media as any of the other jobs people say, or they feel that they have, you, yeah. you have yeah, to understand the consequences yeah. of what you're doing in that position. I think we need the media. I think there are, there have been many occasions in which your, your average American citizen wouldn't know what's going on. Right. Uh, Watergate crap like that. If it wasn't for the media doing their, you know, uncovering that truth, but there's, the media has changed quite a bit over the last well, 30, 30, 40 years, you know, ever since yeah. the, 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 the advent of cable news and uh, the 24 hour news cycle and how you have to, you have to have something extraordinary to report on every single minute of the day. Right. I, you know, there's, there's too many people within the news media that they come across a story and they don't, yeah, they don't think to themselves, should I should I tell, you know, should I release this at this time? Because, yes, it should be released. But should it be released at this time? It doesn't matter because uh, all of our news agencies from the newspapers to the radios to the to the to the television studios, they're all owned by corporations and they want the money. And so you put that Plus. stuff out there. The advertisers come. You make the money. Plus two, when you find out. You have to tell it because if you don't, dude over here will. Right. Exactly. And then so yeah. Yep. You know, so as it, soon as you find out, you've got to say so. Yeah. So it's not, it's not even always they don't have any scruples. It's it's like at the same time they got this pressure of, you know, if I want to stay in this business, I have to yeah, it's Nothing is yeah. a, that's the thing. That's the thing that a lot of people and I hear a lot of people talk about it and a lot of people ignore it. Not everything is cut and dry. No. There are no. many no, facets here. to every story. Yeah. And it's not just as simple as bad good. Some things, some things are, but not everything. Um Looking at my notes, I think that's about all that I that that really stood out to me for this one. Lois was kind of funny in this one. Very again, very dismissive of Clark. Um, she was really happy to go. She's going to go 
find out Superman's identity. He's kind of bragging about the article that he just wrote, you know, about mm-hmm. the amnesiac uh, robbers and whatnot. And she's like, well, I'm going to go get Superman's identity and it's going to make your stupid little story look like crap. And uh, again, by the end of it, you know, Clark Kent has come out on top. You know? Yet again. It's just because it's a, he's, it's a bunch he's of Superman. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we we have the one panel at the end where um, it's the it's the mayor's office. And I'm not sure who he's talking to, but there's that moment where Clark's like, to listen to them, you wouldn't guess it was my story that broke the case. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Lois has to point out, I think it was mainly Superman. Well, you know, yes, but we know it's the same person, but okay. That's right. That's right. Are these two ever going to get together? That's the question I have. When are these two going to get together? At this point, you would have to say no. It's not going to happen. It's not like they're ever going to get married or have kids or none of that. Yeah, at at least not for 50 years. Uh, Yeah, really. It's going to take a long time for her to warm up. Yep, yep, yep. She yep. is she is not like in the Clark Meister at all. And nothing he does changes that at all. Right, right. But uh I think it, um final words on this issue. Um I I did like again, I like the fact that they have now introduced something into the Superman universe that does have an effect on him. And uh are Will we, we ever see, see the dude again? Yeah. Are no, they gonna I mean, do it again? Are we gonna are we gonna you know, yeah. is is Back, you know, right. The modern age Superman has always been he's there's only really two things that harm him. Kryptonite and magic. So this we may be seeing Golden Age Superman's first um, Achilles heel hypnotism. But that's not magic. I mean, hypnotism is a real thing. It's you know, it's right. it is, but, but at the same time, this guy literally just goes <clears throat> and you're yeah. hypnotized. <laughs> it could appear as, as magic. Yeah. Certainly. But yeah. Yeah. If, if you're just watching I'm, I'm, it. And, yeah. Right. I'm just saying that at this point in the golden age, there's there's really nothing that has has stopped Superman. Right. Um right. And are are we are are we seeing his first uh vulnerability and like kryptonite are we going to see it come back a lot you know i don't know Could be. i Could guess be. we'll find yeah. out we'll just have to and keep so reading. next we're we're only yeah. up to 25 issues of action and four issues of his book i know right yeah next week we'll be looking at uh i don't know i'm i'm assuming there's four stories in this issue of superman number five yeah i, I didn't um, take a look yet so i'm not sure yeah i know that as now, of issue to- four Every all the stories that are in Superman, I think, going forward from issue number four on are are new stories. They're not reprinted okay. from the newspaper, but I may be wrong. Now, next next recording, are we doing issue five? Oh, of that's Superman, right. Or are we doing feedback? Next, we are. We're doing a feedback episode. Um, okay. We uh, have been neglecting the feedback. We actually got a couple of. We've gotten two emails over the last week. Wow. Okay. Um, from people that, you know, not, not folks that we normally, uh, talk to oh, on Twitter or on cool, the forum. Okay. Just as far as I know, just 
you know, listeners that have decided to both reach out to us. Um, I forwarded you one. I'll forward you the other one. Um, but it, when when the second when I got the second email, I was like, we haven't done a feedback episode in a while. And as I started going through Twitter and the forum, it's like, oh, we got a lot of stuff, a yeah. lot of feedback. So we'll and and that may that may even turn out to be we'll have to break that up into more than one episode, maybe. Maybe we'll we'll that's so for uh, for those who like to join us live, like Doug. Again, we're just doing the one episode tonight, but we will get back together next week on Tuesday, same Superman time, same Superman channel. And uh, we'll just we'll start with the feedback and we'll see how far that we see how how long that takes. And we'll just we'll decide at some, you know, that's the way we do things. We wing it. And, uh, you know, I edit all that out. So it looks like we've got a plan when you just listen to the listen to the episodes. But we have no plan. Yeah. If 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 you only listen to these episodes and you're not watching the live show, then, yeah, you probably assume we're just consummate professionals who always say the right thing at the right time. No, that's not. Yeah, it's the no, magic of editing. It's not how it and I, I do enjoy uh, Peter Rios was talking on on, a, I think, his last um, Daily Rios episode. He was. Somebody on Twitter had brought up the idea of standing while you're podcasting. And and so he he talked about how he's tried that before. And he was talking about how he always tends to get kind of kind of gassy and he burps a lot when he when he podcasts. He goes, there's a lot of editing that I do to take all that out. And it's good to know that even the Rios does a lot of editing because because, yeah, otherwise, again, I'm I know how these things are made. But yet I listen to like his show and I'm like, damn, that man just sits down and he hits record and he just talks and he just knows. And it, no, it's, it's all the magic of editing. Yep. Yeah. His, and, his uh, hour and a half that we listen to is like four and a half hours, uh, you know? So. Right. That's, <laughs> and that's usually everything that I, every podcast I do, it's like, once yeah. I take all the crap out, it's half of what it used to be. And uh, speaking of which, I just I want I want to say real quick. um, I have started posting episodes of event or else Um, I have officially recorded the rest of the crisis on Infinite Earths episodes. They're they're ready to go. You got one yesterday or last week. You're getting one tomorrow for for issue 10. You're going to get issue 11, issue 12 each week after that. And then I got together with uh, Peter Rios and we did, I, cause I had a lot of questions about the crisis. And so uh, okay. I invited him on and, and I asked him a bunch of questions. And so it's kind of a, uh, a wrap up of crisis. So everybody's going to get cool. a bonus episode. Okay. And then we'll cool. get into secret wars too. <laughs> Ooh, mm-hmm. that was rough. That was rough. Yeah. He, uh, right. he's really excited about that. He said he's, he, cause, cause kind of the point of event or else is to see if you can read just the core, just the book, just the, the issues from the event, none of the tie-ins and are you going to get the full story? And I don't, I don't remember that you can get the I, full story in secret Wars two. Not two from, uh, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I I read the first issue last year, and I remember reading that, going, "What the? 
what is going on? <laughs> you know, where did, when did this, what it, you know, <laughs> it's just like stuff that just comes out of nowhere. This, right. These are taking stories from other issues. I think Jim Shooter tried really hard to do what they did with crisis to get this whole tie in to any interest in. Right. No, he, he didn't go about it the same way. <laughs> Doug says yeah. on the chat, Oh man, secret wars two was something. Was there even a story? Yeah. Yes, there, there was a story. It, it was in there. Uh, it wasn't a very just, good one. Uh, and then you yeah. add all that other stuff and it got even less good. So yeah. 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 So I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how those episodes turn out. For me, the best part of Secret Wars 2 is that's where we got Jubilee from. Really? Wow. I don't remember yeah, I, that at all. I, I, I got some. I probably should go back and make sure, but I believe that was her first appearance was in Secret Wars 2. I haven't read Secret Wars 2 except for that first issue last year oh, really? since okay. it came out. So okay. I don't remember a lot. All I remember from Secret Wars 2 is that the Beyonder at some point looks like David Hasselhoff. Yes, the Hoff. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see quickly. Nope. Excuse me. Um, I don't see it quickly here. But I, I seem to recall that she uh, her, her first appearance was, was in Secret Wars 2. But maybe not. Right. We'll, we'll find out as, as you go through it. Um, okay. Are we good? We're good. So we will thank everyone for listening to this episode of the, the Superman Super Show. And so until next week, I'm Ed. That's Steven. And this was the Superman Super Show. Ciao. Bye. You've been listening to the Superman Super Show. Questions and comments can be directed to the Superman Super Show at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter under the handle at Supes Super Show. That's at S-U-P-S Super Show. And continue the conversation at the Super Show Forum at forums.justanotherfanboy.com. We also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this podcast with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.